man. They all showed up. They all showed up. Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You got it. Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! DeRozan to win it! Go! DeMar DeRozan delivers! Anderson hits it in the air to right. Back at the wall. And the White Sox win it! What is going on, everybody? This is Mike Hughes, and you're listening to Mike on the Mic, everything sports-related podcast. You are listening to 1252 Sports Entertainment. Sorry, my mic is all messed up. My camera's all messed up. We are everywhere today. I hope you guys are having a safe and happy holiday. St. Patty's Day special today. I know it's not St. Patrick's Day, but I was having an awesome time at the parade today. The parade is also tomorrow, but obviously, <clears throat> pardon me. Um, you know, we had the river dying today. It's one of my favorite parts about the entirety of St. Patrick's Day, the entire year. Honestly, my favorite part about Chicago, my favorite part about um, St. Patrick's Day is the river getting died. I've been going since I was a little kid. Um, it, it's it's kick ass, man. It, it's it's so hard to say that, you know, OK, this is the best city in the world because there's so many you know negative things about it. But it's the little things like that that truly get your eye, truly just show you the beauty within it. Um, and I love every minute of it. So to kick it off, though, we are going to have an amazing show for you today. The biggest part, the biggest news, Khalil Mack. If you didn't see my breaking news from the other night, Khalil Mack has been traded to the Los Angeles Chargers for a 2023 six-round and second-round pick. Ow. I know what a lot of you are saying. I know how a lot of you feel. I know everybody's very upset. We didn't get as a lot of draft cap, uh, capital out of this. And I hear what you're saying. Take it from me right now from how I'm viewing it. This is exactly what I wanted to happen this offseason. I want Khalil Mack gone. I want Robert Quinn gone. I love Robert Quinn. I love what he did, and I forgive him for the 2020 season, and I understand that things happen, um, and I, I definitely will own that. But this is definitely something for the Chicago Bears right now that gives me hope. This is something that I believe truly is going to be the changing of the guard which is the narrative that I've been pushing. The changing of the guard is the understanding of what the Chicago Bears mean, what the organization itself stands for. Not a defensive first run run-heavy offense-minded team. 
this team is going to be predicated around an offense. And I love that. Getting $20 million off the cap and for the future, $30 million off the cap with Khalil Mack is an amazing first step. Right now, the Chicago Bears in 2022, uh, 2023 free agency have over $146 million to play with as of right now. Now, obviously, how did that transpire? It was only 120 something million just the other day. There's been a lot of moves today. There's been a lot of moves last night after the Khalil Mack trade. Eddie Goldman was cut from the team. There's going to be, I believe, a $6 million cap hit in 2022 and it's a $2 million cap hit or a $9 million cap hit, if I'm not mistaken, um, for 2023. That's perfectly fine. I'm perfectly fine with that. Eddie Goldman, all power to him. I understand mental health is real. I understand there's a lot of factors that go into a man's mind and why he wants to play the game. Um, but Eddie Goldman did not give a fuck about the Chicago Bears organization. He did not give a fuck about the team. He did not care about winning. Eddie Goldman was all about Eddie Goldman. Um, he was quiet, and obviously I'm not asking everyone to be the most, you know, ecstatic person in the room, but, you know, he didn't play the 2020 season due to COVID, and I'll give him that. He almost didn't play the 2021 season because he still wasn't sure because of COVID. I can't fucking I, – I can't deal with that. I, I You either want to play or you don't, and that's what it comes down to at the end of the day. So for me, um, Eddie Goldman lost, you know, obviously I think he's one of the best nose tackles in this game. Um, fundamentally, I, I think he does great things, but it's not a huge loss at all. Uh, Danny Trevathan has been cut from the Chicago Bears. Another guy who it's like, you know, everybody's talking shit about Danny Trevathan because of the last two seasons of him getting burnt and him getting injured and so on and so forth. But let's not forget, you know, what Danny Trevathan meant for this team when they brought him in, you know, coming from Denver, you know, having a Super Bowl championship with coming in with John Fox, like that was huge. Um, so I, I'll always for I'll always love Danny Trevathan. Uh, my only knock on Danny Trevathan is I don't know why he changed his number to six uh, after after Jay Cutler. That that number should just be retired, and, and not in a sense of you know it, it is well deserving and he deserved his number retired. In a sense of I never want to see that fucking number ever again. Uh, same with Cody Barkey. I never want to see the number one ever again. Um, but you know Justin Fields is rocking it pretty well, so I, I guess we'll have to get rid. Uh, we'll get used to that, but. You know, with that being said, you know, Tariq Cohen is the next guy who gets cut from the team. Tariq Cohen, after getting a $15 million three-year extension in 2020, immediately tears his ACL against the Atlanta Falcons and I believe game two or three um, of the 2020 season and has not been able to pass his physical sense. It's it's really unfortunate. Um, you hate to see it. It's one of those guys that, you know, you love him. You know, he's 5'6". He's the human joystick. He does everything. He's made a Pro Bowl um, as a, a return specialist, obviously. He just can't get there physically anymore. And the problem with that is you're paying a guy who's 5'6 and can't pass a, uh, an NFL physical $15 million. That's bad. So I completely understand it. You know, obviously there's going to be more guys to come. Most likely Eddie Jackson will be moved. Most likely Robert Quinn. Um, the only guys that I truly do see making it out of this is obviously you know, Tunga's on a rookie deal. Travis Gibson's on a rookie deal. Um, Roquan Smith is the face of this defense. Jalen Johnson's on a rookie deal. Uh, Thomas Graham Jr. is on a rookie deal. Guys like that aren't going to go anywhere, but the rest of this defense I do believe is going to get traded. Um, and I have no problem with that. The, the biggest thing about this is when you bring a defensive-minded uh, head coach in, you know, he's obviously a defensive coordinator out of Indianapolis, that being Matt Everflues, it's a great look to be able to say, okay, look, we have Travis Gibson, we have Tunga, we have Roquan Smith, we have Johnson and look at Graham. Look what in a very short portion. I don't know how this guy went 15, 16 weeks without being seen by Matt Nagy. That speaks volumes to the problem that we had. You know, Calvin, not Calvin, uh, Riley Ridley and a bunch of other guys were factors of that as well. 
of guys who just didn't get a chance. You know, Daz Newsome, Mitchell Trubisky, you know, Jordan Howard. The list goes on and on of guys. Matt Nagy just, if he didn't give a fuck about you, he just threw you to the side and didn't feel like developing you. Uh, Chuck Pagano is one of those guys as well who I just felt like squandered so many opportunities. Um, you know, Sean Desai really did capitalize on that, though. I, I feel like when you see Thomas Graham Jr., who I'm very good friends with, and hopefully we'll have him on the show very soon, um, you know, it's one of those situations where he covered Devontae Adams very well. He covered Justin Jefferson very well. Um, so I'm really excited to see how that continues to flourish in his development with the team because I do, I do think we're a lot closer than we think. Um, but the, the biggest part to this to me, the changing of the guard and what that means, like I said, I love Virginia McCaskey. I don't love George. I love Virginia. And I understand she wants to honor her father's legacy and, and have this conversation of a defensive first team with a great run game, just like George Hallis minded with, with um, you know, Gail Sears, Walter Payton, the list goes on and on. We can do this all day. Uh, Mongo, Dan Hampton, Brian Erlocker, Lance Briggs. Um, you know, we're talking Mike Singletary. The list goes on and on. We can do this all day. We all know the names. Otis Wilson. You know, we can do this all day. Like I said, the problem with this is it's the 21st century. And this is not what the game is turning into now. You can have the number one defense and Patrick Mahomes is still going to light 40 under you. That being the Buffalo Bills. You know, if you can't go tick for tack, it's not going to mean anything. So right now, to me, one of the biggest things for the Chicago Bears and why Ryan Poles was brought in from Kansas City is because he understands this is going to be an offensive-minded first team. Obviously, you bring in Matt Everflues, which makes a lot more sense now to why you bring in a defensive-minded head coach because you're going to put all the money towards getting proven wide receivers. Now, maybe you're going to question, you know, well, Chris Godwin's on the tag, all these other guys, Odell, AB, all these other guys, they're not worth getting right now. You know, Amari Cooper just got traded to the Cleveland Browns. What the fuck? Um, that's for a sixth round and a fifth round pick. What the fuck? Um, I'm gonna keep saying that because literally nothing. They got him for nothing, which is insane to me. Um, but who am I to talk? But it, it comes down to it at the end of the day, you know, the 2023 free agency. We have 140 plus million dollars of cap space, you know, right as of right now. Obviously, we still have to re-sign James Daniels and we still have a lot of, of decisions to make with Allen Robinson and so on and so forth. But right now, if we have that 140 plus million dollars, even if we even before, you know, we could have more close to 170 if we trade Eddie Goldman, not Eddie Goldman, pardon me, Eddie Jackson. Um, and then obviously you're going to have the problem with uh, Robert Quinn. You know, are you going to keep him next year for the for the team option or are you going to trade him? You know, what's going to happen with that? Um, so I think that there's a lot of different ways this can go. But I, I think for 2023 free agency, you have obviously over probably $150 million to play with. DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Chris Godwin, Devontae Adams, and many others are going to be free agents. Next year is going to be the year for the Chicago Bears to spend, kind of the same way that the Cincinnati Bengals. This year was the year to kind of just develop and grow, and it ended up being one of the best seasons they've ever had in, in season's history. Um, so that's perfectly fine. I have no problem with that. You know, And obviously I don't have an expectation of, of in year two for Justin Fields to take us to the Super Bowl whatsoever. Like I, I don't, and, and that's not realistic. The biggest thing right now for me is getting this year, get him in my eyes. I think Ryan Poles, you have the offensive coordinator you brought in from Green Bay. You obviously have Matt Everflues who's going to instill a culture, a winning culture. Um, you know, you have Jordan Howard, Khalil Herbert, Cole Komet, Darnell Mooney. Let's get him a couple more weapons. Let's get him an offensive line. Obviously, you bring back James Daniels. Obviously, you keep Larry Borum and Tevin Jenkins. Cody Whitehair is a question mark. And all the rest can fucking get the fuck out of Dodge. Like, like if Fetty, Peters, everybody else, uh, Sam Mustafer, get the fuck out of Dodge. I, I don't care. Sam Mustafer is not what everybody thinks he is at all. 
Uh, he had three good games against the Texans, the Jaguars, and the Detroit Lions. Are you impressed? Because I'm not. Like, that's that's the reality of the situation. The rest of the season, he's been dog shit. The entire season of this year, he's been horrible. So I love Sam for what he is, but he's not a, he's not a solution. Um, obviously, you know, Ryan Poles has made it adamant that he wants to be faster, not stronger. So I don't know where Tevin Jenkins and Larry Bourne really stand because they're big hawks. Like, they're guys. Like, they are men's men. But they're not very fast. So we're going to see what happens with that. We're going to see how fast these guys can get if they can lose the weight. We'll see what the, how we really feel about the league right now. Um, but it really is one of those situations that what are we going to do next kind of thing. It, it, it really does show me, like, I personally think taking a chance on a cheap deal for O.J. Howard is going to be amazing. I think O.J. Howard could be great, a great tandem with Cole Komet. I think he's very young. Um, you know, he's a previous first-round draft pick. I think we can get away with getting O.J. Howard and seeing, you know, maybe it was just because Tampa just wasn't a good fit. There's too many people in the room. He just wasn't able to stay healthy. Let's see what happens. You know, you also bring in someone. Maybe you bring back Allen Robinson. Now you have the money to pay Allen. I personally wouldn't pay Allen more than $15, 18000000 dollars, but it, other people have different opinions, and there's different strokes for different folks. Um, you know, I personally thought Mike Williams was going to be one of those guys that we really took a gander at. Um, but it, it's really going to, part of me, it's really going to come down to what we want to do and why we want to do it. And and I think, you know, right now you can draft Chris Olave. You can draft Traylon Burks out of Arkansas, who is literally Debo Samuels as a route runner and, a, and as a guy who can catch the ball. But he's built like DK Metcalf. He, he's one of those guys. Like, I, I think this kid's going to be great. Fat Mike is actually one of the guys that put me on with him. So shout out Fat Mike. Wherever you may be, I'm assuming Nick and Ivy. Um, we're going to get to those sponsors in a little bit. But it, it comes down to it to the end of the day that I, I think the Chicago Bears are very close to having a great offensive core. I think obviously you have Justin Fields, David Montgomery, Khalil Herbert has shown that he can do great things. Um, and why Matt Nagy did not keep running with him and try to have a great dynamic duo in, the, in that running uh, in that backfield, I, I have no fucking idea. And I can't speak to that because – I don't even think he had an idea of what he was doing. Cole Komet, obviously, just got to work on those hands, and I think we're in a great spot with him. Um, Darnell Mooney, over 1,000 yards. Let's go, baby. I think he's a great number two on a championship team. Could potentially be a number one. We'll see how he continues to develop. Um, but as of right now, I'd say he's a number two, maybe a number three. But it, it comes down to it to where I truly do believe in this team. I think that, you know, Ryan Poles is really winning over my heart. And the reason I say that is because he got it approved. That, that's point blank period. I'm sorry I took a second to say it, but I can't believe it's even true. Like you got the AOK -A from George Hallis, not George Hallis, pardon me, from George McCaskey to trade the best defensive player in years. And, and that's that, that speaks volumes to the situation that they traded so much draft capital for that they paid over $100 million for in 2018. They traded him. It speaks volumes to what we're doing. It speaks volumes to how we're going to go about things. I think one of the greatest things right now for the Chicago Bears is the simple fact that Ryan Poles walked into a room and just said, this is mine. This is my baby. This is my ship. Everything I'm about to do, either get the fuck on board or I'm out. And they said, okay. With Ryan Pace, it was more so, okay, I'll build you an amazing defense and then we'll figure out what happens. We'll take chances on guys who tore their ACL, like Allen Robinson, and that was a great pick. We'll take chances on guys 
like Trey Burton. We'll take chances on guys like Taylor Gabriel, uh, Jordan Howard, so on and so forth, but never really built an offense. Kyle Long, Cody Whitehair, older guys. You know what I mean? Like, and obviously, you know, they, they he inherited a couple of them. So it's like, it's not always on him, but it comes down to it to where he never built an offensive line. He didn't care to, you know, he didn't, he, he really hit on Darnell Mooney and, and David Montgomery. And outside of that, what, what do you want me to tell you? Like Justin Fields, obviously he hit on, but he had to, or he was going to lose his ass. Like that, that's the craziest thing to me. Um, you know, cause obviously they, the Russell Wilson trade went through, which by the way, not to get off topic, but if you guys remember that trade, it was multiple first round picks, a second round pick. Um, who else was it? It was Akeem Hicks, Kyle Fuller, and the first round pick that would have turned into Justin Fields for Russell Wilson. Instead, these motherfuckers took Noah Fant, Drew Locke, and a couple of picks. And a, and a great defenseman, don't get me wrong. But um, I, I thought the Bears' offer was better. But obviously, they weren't in that point in time where Seattle was willing to do that. Um, but that's that's crazy to me. That is crazy to me. Um, but yeah, it does come on to it. Um, you know, I, I just don't know where we're going to see this team in the future. I don't know if it's going to be 2022. I definitely think it's going to be 2023. And honestly, if we lose 17 games in 2022, I am ecstatic. Let's get the number one overall pick because we have that pick. Let's run up the board. And if somehow, some way we can trade up for a first round pick this year, let's do that as well. Let's get an offensive lineman. Let's get Chris Olave. Let's get Traylon Burks. Let's run up the board. Let's do something. Just don't trade another first round pick. Just let this guy work. You know, he was a big part of the scouting department. He was a big part of bringing that team together that brought in Patrick Mahomes, Tyreek Hill, Travis Kelsey, Sammy, uh, Sam, not Sammy, um, Kareem Hunt, Clyde Edwards Hilaire, and so many others. This guy's a big part of that. I'm really excited about it. I'm really excited about it. And I'm, I keep reiterating that because Ryan Poles to me right now, I don't drink from the water often. I don't. I drink this water though. And and hopefully soon we'll be sponsored by it. But as of right now, we're not. So um it comes down to it though. With Ryan Poles, I, I just didn't believe in him. I understood that he could make a great defense, but I knew he could not make an offense. He is counting on Matt Nagy to be elite, to make other guys elite, to make guys better than what they are and to elevate them. And that's the same way I feel about Ryan Poles right now with this defense, except Matt Everflues actually has a history to be like, okay, he did a lot with Indy. He did a lot with other organizations. I can see something happening here. And, and that's that's the reality of the situation to me to where I'm like, okay, let's see what happens. Let's see how we get about this. And then let's see what goes down. Because if he's putting all of the money into the offense – and we're building a defense for Matt Everflues, and Matt Everflues can instill, instill that culture that we all know he can, I'm truly excited about it. I'm excited about it, and, and I can't wait to see what happens because it's going to come down to it at the end of the day um, that these guys are just going to continue to develop. And I think, you know, as, as far as we can take them, they'll go. I, I believe in Travis Gibson. I believe in Jalen Johnson. I believe in Roquan Smith. Uh, Thomas Graham Jr. is a great friend of mine. Like I said, I listened to this guy talk. And you can't bullshit a bullshit. But I listen to him talk, and I fully believe everything he's saying, that he thinks he can be one of the best corners in the league. And that's not – and that's me paraphrasing, of course. Of course, he's not going to sit out here and say, I am the best corner in the league because he knows he's not. Um, but it's that mentality of I want to work my ass off every single day. And, and that's the reality of the situation. He just wants to be the best he can be. And and I love that. And and believe me, Matt Everflues will love that as well. Um, that guy, uh, watching him on hard knocks, watching him, my guy, Nick Pendel, uh, is a huge Indianapolis fan. 
um, Colts fan. Randy Jowers, another great Colts fan. They've said nothing but positive things about him, and, and he's the next buddy. I look at it like this. I've said this a couple of times. I want to see how you guys feel about the whole situation. To me, I truly do believe that Matt Eberflus is a combination of Buddy Ryan and Mike Dicka. And by that, I mean he's hard-nosed as fuck, like uh, like, like uh, Buddy Ryan. But he's also one of those guys that can be the face of your of your franchise, who can be one of those guys that everybody fears, that, that is speaking volumes, that, that holds guys accountable. You know, like Mike Dicka, he's he's that Buddy Ryan type strategic guy, but he'll chew your ass out just like Mike, and, and that's the reality of the situation. So I'm really excited for it. I think the Chicago Bears are in a great place right now. Um, a lot of people are freaking out about it. Oh, well, we traded Khalil Mack. The dark ages are here. I don't think so. I don't think so because the same way the Cincinnati Bengals have an opportunity on Tuesday, which will be what is today, the 13th, 14th, 15th. It'll be March 15th is when free agency officially kicks off on Tuesday um, for the NFL. I'm really excited about that. We'll see what happens. We already got a few trades. Obviously, Carson Wentz to the Washington Commanders. We got Russell Wilson going to the Denver Broncos. Aaron Rodgers, a $200 million extension in Green Bay. And now, Amari Cooper to the Cleveland Browns. What the fuck is going on? Crosby just extended with with the Raiders, which... I give it two years and then he's going to request a trade to the bears, but you know, it, you know, or Dallas, you know, it's going to happen again, the Amari Cooper and uh, Khalil Mack situation, but we'll see what happens. Um, I'm really excited about it. We have an amazing show for you guys today. I'm really excited about it. We have two sponsors that we're going to kick off really quick before we get into everything else. Um, we have our first off before we get into anything, we have a great guest for you today. He's my, one of my great friends and I do fantasy leagues with him all the time. We went to high school together, played high school baseball together. Um, for the same team. If you also know Jeremiah Paparaki, announcer, PA announcer for the Chicago Cubs, was also a part of that team. We got nothing but big hitters on the Northtown Academy baseball team, but shout out Northtown Academy. But it, it comes down to at the end of the day, um, you know, I had to get him on. I had to get him on. We're going to talk some baseball today. Obviously, the lockout is over, ladies and gentlemen, and I had to bring my cap on to talk a little bit about that. Um, but I'm super excited about it. I can't wait to get into baseball right now. The Cubs made a move. Um, the White Sox made a couple moves and none of them were impressive. Obviously, we're going to get into that, the lockout and more. MLB officially kicks off on April 14th I'm or April 7th or April 14th, one or the other. Um, I'm super excited about it though. It's going to be fucking amazing. Baseball is back, ladies and gentlemen. I can't wait to kick it off with all of you, but really quick, Let's hear a word from our sponsors. First of all, this is my sponsor personally from Mike on the Mic podcast. I'm super excited to always announce them. Bench Mob Chicago. Bench Mob Chicago is one of the best Chicago Bulls fan pages. They also make amazing merch. You can find that at Chicago Bench, or pardon me. You can find that at BenchMobChicago.com or follow them on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, so on and so forth, or any social media platform at Bench Mob Chicago. Um, they do amazing things like bench mobber of the night. You can find one of the best Bulls bench players of each game. They are currently playing the Cleveland Cavaliers. Who's going to get bench mobber of the night? Is it going to be Trishan Thompson, Ayo Desumu, Kobe White, Javante Green, and hopefully soon and returning Alex Caruso. I'm super excited about it, but definitely check out Bench Mob Chicago. They do amazing things. Make amazing merch that's worn by Ayo Desumu and Javante Green. I'm really excited about it. They are up and coming. They are killing it in the game right now, and I am so excited to see them continue to grow. With that being said, we are going to kick off a couple of sponsors before we get Bobby on the show and talk a little bit of baseball. I'm excited about it. These are 1252 sponsors, Nick and Ivy, and a few others 
So we'll be right back. Stay with us. Please don't go anywhere and leave a couple comments because I miss you guys. We had a comment right here. Um, what do you think about the NL adding the DH? We're going to get to that pig dog really quickly. I promise I will get to your question. I can't wait to answer it. We're going to talk about it right after these sponsors. Please bear with me or Mike will kill me because these are amazing sponsors that everybody needs to know about. Hello, this is Paul from Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. We are located at 1026 South State Street in historic downtown Lockport, Illinois. We are very excited to be partnering up with the Fat Mike Chicago Sports Show as well as the 1252 brand because we are one of the few Chicagoland breweries that embrace sports and sports culture. Come in for a fresh brewed beer made right here in Lockport while catching the game of your favorite team. Stay for the live music that we have booked every weekend or just come for a cozy atmosphere to enjoy a good conversation with a friend, loved one, or complete stranger. Nick and Ivy makes you feel right at home no matter what the occasion is. Follow us on Instagram and Facebook by searching for Nick and Ivy Brewing Company. Visit our website for our up-to-date tap list or to go shopping on our online store at nickivybrewing.com. That's N-I-K-I-V-Y brewing.com. Come in today for a fresh brewed beer born and raised in Lockport, Illinois. Hey, Susie, thanks for hooking me up with the Fat Mike Markdown on my insurance rates at State Farm. This is awesome. No, 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 Mike. The Fat Mike Markdown is not a real thing. I don't believe that for a second. Let me repay you the favor and tell you and all my friends about the Fat Mike Markdown. (laughs) Okay, well, that's just fine, considering that State Farm just gives everyone surprisingly great rates. You heard it here first, folks. So give Susie Sheehan over at State Farm Agency a call and ask for the Fat Mike Markdown. It's the best. For the real deal, give us a call at 815-306-0184 or go to suzysheehan.com to request a quote. My team at the Suzy Sheehan Agency is here to help with all of your insurance needs for auto, home, and life, and we service Illinois and Indiana. Also, if you mention the Fat Mike Markdown, $10 will be donated to a local charitable organization for our Quotes for Good program in your name. Remember, that's 815-306-0184 or suzysheehan.com. Thanks so much. Get on it, everybody. Woo-hoo. Thank you for a word from our sponsors. It's always amazing getting State Farm and everybody at Nick and Ivy. It's always amazing talking to you guys. That is sponsored by 1252 and obviously Benchmob Chicago sponsoring uh, Mike on the mic. We love to see it. We got one question popping up really quick. Love my guy. Pig Dog, always in the house. But before we answer that question, Pig Dog, I want to bring on a good friend of mine, former teammate of Norton Academy, a legend himself, a fantasy football champion, Bobby Foster. Welcome to the show, my brother. How's everything going? Hi, Mike. Uh, happy to be here. Pretty good. How about yourself? Uh, you know, we could be doing better, Bobby. You know, we're, we're out here getting promised <laughs> Carlos Correa, uh, Carlos Redon, and all these other individuals. And we didn't get anybody, but really quick, <laughs> I want to, I want you, especially Bobby, because me and you have been talking about it forever. We got pig dog in the comments right now. What do you think about the NL adding the DH? What are your thoughts on that real quick? Well, I think it's something that's passed overdue because for the longest time, you always think that the national league should stick with pitchers hitting because while it's tradition, you got to stay with what brought you there. But like a lot of other sports, NFL, NBA, NHL, everyone's adapting. Okay, you got you can't look at things that were 100 years ago and say, hey, we got to keep these things intact for the love of the game. Everything evolves. Everything expands just to a better audience. So today's audience may may not like pitchers hitting compared to 
I don't know, 100 years ago or so, but DH is a pretty welcome uh, addition after this collective bargaining agreement. Right, without a doubt. And, you know, I'm not going to sit here, though, and, and say, you know, I'm I'm not going to miss watching John Lester hit his first home run. Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. Like, or it's Bartolo always, hitting it's a dinger. Great. Yeah. Right. And, and and honestly, if I don't know if you remember, it's it's been a little bit of time, but that was the only thing that Tyler Chatwood could offer to this team at the time because <laughs> he couldn't pitch to save his life, but he for sure oh, could yeah, hit. Absolutely. I, I watched this guy hit a triple <laughs> at Wrigley Field. I was six beers in with my sister, and I was just looking, and I was like, I'm looking at who's on third, and I'm like, holy shit, that's, that's Tyler Chatwood. And I was like, I, and there was one guy sitting across from me wearing a Tyler Chatwood jersey. I was like, you just earned your money today, sir, because <laughs> that is the only thing that he's ever going to do for anybody. But oh, yeah. I, I definitely do think, you know, we're, we're going to miss it. Um, but when it comes to being competitive, I, I even feel like, you know, Bobby, we, we were a big part of, of watching the 2016 team together. Jake Brewer, your cousin, who was an amazing teammate <laughs> of mine. Uh, Jake's Sox in Florida fan. right now. Shout out, Jake. <laughs> yeah, but we, we still claim Jake. Jake was, <laughs> Jake was a catcher for our baseball team. Jake, Jake's yeah. the man. Uh, yeah. But me, you, Jeremiah, you know, we spent so much time watching that 2016 team, and, and I still think about it to this day. You know, not so much 2016, but 17. If we had the DH, Jorge Soler probably stays on this club. You know, Eloy Jimenez probably never gets traded, and, and a lot of other individuals probably don't get moved. So I feel like this is something that's that's kind of changed the narrative of the Chicago Cubs. And I'm really looking forward to not having to deal with that anymore because I was one of those guys. I liked Eloy. I hate him now because I hate the high mom <laughs> shit and I hate the, you know, all oh, the Cubs, the Cubs hated me. Like, we didn't hate you, bro. We just, John Lackey couldn't pitch for shit and we needed Jose Quintana. Like, that was the reality. But, yeah. you know, I was one of those guys who was like trade Ian Hat. I wanted Ian Hap gone. Um, I wasn't the biggest believer. But, Bobby, we're sitting here today. I just got my job back at Wrigley Field. I'm starting sometime next week. I'm <laughs> going back to picking up peanuts. Um, but, you know, the MLB lockout's over. Did everything go the way you thought it was going to go? And and is everything kind of worth the lockout to be, even begin with? Um, well, absolutely it's worth it because, you know, the players, It a lot of times people want to say it's billionaires versus millionaires, but baseball players are not all millionaires. You know, right. you got some of them are struggling, like, I read a statistic somewhere that said 25% of all major league players make the league minimum. So you can't take it like compared to your job, everyday normal job and say, Oh, they're just there to they're played to or paid to make play a game. No, it's, it's not really all that goes into it. So what I liked this time when it came to the rhetoric was that the general public sided more with the players over the owners, because you have all these owners that, over the years, the Pittsburghs, the uh, Kansas cities of the world did not want to spend money because if you spend money, you're right. considered the big market teams. The small market teams are like, well, slow down here. We can't pay the tab, even though a lot of these owners make a lot of money. Right. So that was a big gripe on the players part since the last collective bargaining agreement in the I want to say winter of 16, uh, early 17. So I feel as if. It was going to go till probably June was my my best guess. It was nasty. It was right. tough. Um, I didn't expect it to last only 99 days the way that it did. Right. But um, yeah, it was it was definitely worth it, you know, for the players, for the overall fan experience, because their whole thing was trying to help 
increase viewership of the game because you know you have nba stars like lebron james and then you have mike trout who nobody really watches because nobody knows about him compared right. to all the other major figures in sports no but, without um, yeah the lockout was pretty yeah the lockout pretty much uh solved didn't solve every problem yeah they'll like for say the international draft they've already set a deadline to where they'll agree on that or keep yeah. things status quo but the players got pretty much almost what they wanted. But obviously, when it comes to making a deal, you got to compromise from both sides. Right. And, and I think, uh, first of all, Bobby, I want to introduce you to Troy Palamanu, um, one of the best people on 1252, always leaving comments. Shout out, Troy, because, you know, he's always giving me love. <laughs> um, and I don't know. He's, he's, he's one of my favorite trolls on the network, and he's one of my favorite viewers. But, you know. <laughs> He's not lying here. He's I know how I know you feel very different about the rap game, Bobby. We're not gonna do that to you on live television. Um, but Polo G is out here. And, I, and I'll I'll stand by that, Troy. I you ain't getting to me, bro. I love Polo G, bro. But hello, um, hello, Polo G, whoever you are. I have no right. idea. Bobby so. don't know. Bobby don't Bobby's old school. I think our guy Fat Mike would love Bobby, but it comes down to it, though, you know. For me, and you and I spoke about it, and, and I'm great friends with Brennan Davis. I'm great friends with all these guys in the minors, and I, I don't like name dropping, but in this situation, I have to. Is is you know, I've heard the rumors of you know Cole Rodier having issues financially, sleeping in his car at points. There, there's those conversations that are happening, and, and I don't say that to knock somebody. I don't say that to put somebody's business out there, um, but that's one of those situations where we have to understand. Maybe these guys aren't sleeping in their cars, but they're not financially sound. And, you know, obviously for me, a big part of it, and you brought it to my attention, I was pissed. I was like, how, how have they not done anything with the minors? Um, and I realized it was a totally different conversation in itself. Yeah. And that's a whole different thing. But it, it still comes down to it. It is the same. It is the same in the understanding of a lot of these guys are paycheck to paycheck. And, and guys like Patrick Wisdom, who are betting on themselves, are kind of having this understanding of like, okay, well, if, if I don't make this, I'm going to have to find a job after this. And whereas Mike Trout, he's generationally going to be sound for a very long time. And, and that's, that's not the standard. Like I feel like in the NBA, the majority of the time, those guys are making bank unless, you know, you're Lamar Odom and other individuals who spend it on amazing things that, that will <laughs> change your life and alter it forever. But for the short term, I guess it worked for them, but it comes down to it though. You know, let, let's, let's just scrap everything. Who cares? We've been talking about the lockout for too long. Let's talk about free agency kicking back on. The hot stove is on. We have Carlos Correa going to the Cubs for 2.5 seconds. For 2.5 <laughs> seconds. We end up signing, and Bobby, forgive me, because I always mess up his name. Um, I know it's Simmons, but I, it's – Andrelton. Andrelton. I just yep. don't want to mess it up. I know some people say <laughs> – I'm an Andrelton Simmons, though. How yep. do you feel about that as a Chicago Cubs fan? Before we trash the White Sox and everything they've done in the last 48 <laughs> hours, because our guy Harry, God, Harry, I'm sorry. But it, it comes down to it, though, to where, you know, we're promised, you know, we're going to we're gonna bring back the big three. We're going to bring back one of them, at least one. Right now, Javier Baez went to Detroit, Jesus Christ. Um, and, and Chris Bryant is probably going to Philly or New York. Anthony Rizzo. I'm still waiting for that text. You know, I'm waiting for that text. That's all I care about, Bobby, is bringing back Rizzo. But, you know, not getting Carlos Correa. And then you and I have spoken about it. Prospects, dime a dozen. They don't always work out. But with the amount of shortstops we have in the minors right now, is it a good or a bad thing that we didn't invest over $300 million? Well, I wouldn't say necessarily that they're out of it. I mean, there's rumblings that the Yankees 
may not be as inclined as they were 24 hours ago. So he's still a free agent. He can still come here. Um, my best bet is that he probably goes back to Houston, given uh, the rumblings I've seen on social media. Uh, former Cub Martin Maldonado with those cryptic tweets, uh, taking pictures of Correa. Um, so if I had a best bet, he would go back to Houston, but I would not slam the door yet on a Correa to the right. Cubs situation because like they did with you Darvish, they waited till the market fell to where they felt comfortable to pounce after letting Jake Arrieta go for, um, I believe it was a three year deal at the time, which I was, I was in favor for, I wanted you Darvish yeah. over Jake Arrieta because I saw the long-term potential compared to Jake Arrieta with his mechanics. Um, Basically, he was going to break down and not be the same pitcher halfway through that deal. And sure enough, he wasn't. So, uh, but back to Correa, I wouldn't necessarily close the door on it. He's still out there. Um, the Simmons move isn't really. It's not just. He's, he, he, he's a fallback option in case they right. don't get him, which I, at this point, it's not certain that they'll get him, but there's still a good chance that he could come. But right. Simmons is more of the the fallback oh we we can't get correa so we'll just settle on a shortstop like simmons right. which it isn't a bad move um he has a solid glove uh he can't hit his weight though so that's that's a negative sign but um overall his defensive uh prowess at oh, shortstop platinum, really platinum without all. a doubt and you and you've got a staff that isn't really a bunch of hard throwers. They're more uh, pitch to contact, so you're going to need all the help you can get up the middle with uh, Simmons and Madrigal at second, who's a pretty right. solid defender. Right. Um, but back to your Chris Bryant thing about uh, Philadelphia or New York. Uh, don't discount the Seattle Mariners. I have heard things on I've Twitter. Been looking, I've been looking at that. Yeah. I just feel like it's I've, been too quiet. Yes, it's been too quiet everywhere. Um, I right. feel like Freddie Freeman's going to be the first domino to drop of the bigger tier free agents because you've right. heard last night that the Dodgers are, have made the most impressive offer. The Atlanta Braves aren't too far behind. So once Freeman signs, I think you'll see bigger dominoes start to fall right. compared to the mid-level and the lower-level guys. I think that's that's honestly, I think that's why we haven't seen anything from Anthony Rizzo yet either is because he's waiting to see what Freddie's market is. I know it's very different. Um, but I think he'll get a better understanding, you know, over the age of 30, you're a first baseman, obviously injuries have happened before, never been an MVP. Um, but it's definitely the same realm of realism to where, okay, these guys kind of have similar stats outside of Freddie's recent years. Um, and, and I think you're just waiting on that. Also, Bobby, really quick. I don't like to be unprofessional <laughs> on here, but I'd like to shout out another Northtown student, Adam Saleh. <laughs> fuck you. Because Adam, while well, I was oh. at the gym today, Bobby, <laughs> I'm at the gym, I'm lifting, right? Me and my guys, Smiles, uh, Chu Chai, definitely mm -hmm. follow them. Chu Chai streams, uh, Smiles streams, they do amazing things. They play Fortnite. Um, it's, it's great. But it comes down to it to where Adam texted me, breaking news, Freddie Freeman is an official Los Angeles Dodger. I dropped my oh, wow. weight on my foot. <laughs> dropped my weight on my foot. I, I literally dropped it and I, I, I scrolled yeah. everywhere. Nothing. Nothing. So, Adam, I just want you to say whoever your source is, whether it's Bob on Twitter or whoever else, delete them because never do that to me ever again. I was, I lost my mind, Bobby. I, I completely lost. <laughs> I was so upset. But we're getting into a little bit more free agents while I was at the gym tonight. We had a couple free agents that kicked off. You know, we're looking at the White Sox right now. 
They're gonna get. They're gonna get Carlos Correa. They're gonna bring back uh, Carlos Rodon. They're gonna get all these other individuals. It's gonna be great. It's gonna be amazing. They end up signing Josh Harrison to play second base, and they bring in the goat, the greatest relief pitcher of all time, and the greatest meme of all baseball in Joe Kelly. <laughs> so you know, Bobby. You know, you know, you know how we're rocking, Bobby. We we have to yeah. be guy Harry over here. We have to be <laughs> real right now, though. We can't be biased. How are you feeling about the White Sox right now after losing Carlos Correa to the San Francisco Giants? It was like, what, three-year, $44 Rodan. million? Dollars? <laughs> Carlos Rodon. I'm sorry. Yeah. Not, not no worries. Um, who cares? You know, he's a bust. <laughs> but it, it comes down to it to where, you know, Carlos did a lot in 2021. You know, he threw the no-hitter. He had a pretty consistent year, a very healthy year on a prove-it type deal. And then they did the White Sox just didn't even feel like they were in to even match that deal. And honestly, it wasn't – the worst deal in the world. I don't know how you felt about it. $20 million a year for what he was producing. If he can stay healthy, I don't see that being the biggest problem, especially with Dallas Keuchel not being great. Lucas Giolito not being consistent. You know, I love my twin and Dylan Cease, but <laughs> you know, I, I don't know if that guy can go past four or five innings. Kopech, Crochet, can they even, you know, do their elbows even work type deal by the, by the middle of the season, by July, I don't really know how I feel about this team outside of Lance Lynn for a rotation. Bobby, how do you how do you feel about them not really getting a deal done with any starters? Um, I feel like they're going to trust their farm more. You know, you got Kopech, who's an ascending talent. Uh, for the longest time, they've just been stretching him out with bullpen rolls. Um, I don't know any insider information, but I can gather that they feel that Kopech is far along enough to maybe be that fourth starter. Um, the fifth starter though concerns me because, or yeah, the fifth, sixth starter concerns me because Garrett Crochet isn't really, right. he isn't really there yet in terms of development. I mean, he was drafted the same year in which he made his MLB debut. So I don't think he's really that far along. It's never a, it's um, never a good sign. N Nico Horner's perfect image of that. Yeah, and uh, another example is Brandon Finnegan. Uh, I believe it was 2015. He made his debut in the playoffs for the Kansas City Royals. So um, he was even after that uh, playoff run, he was viewed as a top prospect. Went to San uh, Cincinnati for Johnny Cueto and never really found himself as a Red. So if you rush these guys too much, they can pretty much falter under pressure. Uh, that's why the the time for development through the, the ranks in single A and double A is very essential. So I'm kind of surprised that they didn't bring in, I don't know, like a Gio Gonzalez type from a couple years ago. You signed for a one-year deal. Right. You can do some spot starts. You got uh, a, an arm you can get ample innings out of. Um, Rodon, for the duration of the contract, it's essentially a one-year deal. Um, the second year is pretty much an option year. So if Rodon doesn't pitch enough innings uh if he gets hurt the giants can kind of wiggle their way out of that contract but for the money that he got it was quite worth it after this right. past season which i'm surprised the white Sox aren't really usually big spenders the rodan deal it's a pretty big spend for a starter but the duration of the deal is something that i'm surprised the white Sox didn't jump all over right and, and you know you mentioned a former red you're, you're really helping me with the transitions here, but someone's still <laughs> out there who just got cleared. We got a couple people cleared. Deshaun Watson was cleared. Uh, you know, now Trevor Bauer, a former Cincinnati Red, has been cleared and is hated 
amongst players and the league, you know, and I think that's really going to kill his capitalize in, in getting that contract again. Do you think it's kind of great for the White Sox and Trevor Bauer to kind of have that conversation? Okay, you're in a big market city. Obviously, Bobby, we don't have to get into how you feel about his agent um, because that's a whole different podcast <laughs> for a different day. But I just know yeah. I feel the same way. Um, but, you know, kind of a prove it year. You know, we can, okay, here's a two-year deal. This is a, You can have the second year be a player option or a team option, whatever you want that to be. Here's what, what could you say, $15 million? You can do that, and we'll see what happens. Well, I wouldn't – well, Trevor Bauer is still under contract with the Dodgers. I believe he signed a two- or a three-year deal going into last season. Right. But he's you still got they, the you talent. You think they keep that, though? You, you think they don't cut him? No, I don't think they cut him for the duration he has left. If it was just like a one-year deal that ended right. this year, there would probably be more discussions on cutting him. But I wouldn't think they'd drop the ball yet because he – not even a year, year and a half ago, he won the Cy Young. So right. I would, I wouldn't personally give up on him yet. I mean, he's he's kind of a jerk, <laughs> but a bit, little bit. But uh, the same with the arguments when it comes to Correa. Oh, he's a jerk. Oh, he's a cheater. Uh, if he's going to help, if he's going to help me win, he could be the biggest jerk of all, right. as long as he produces on the field. Um, so yeah, when it comes to Trevor Bauer. I don't think the Dodgers let him go because you still have an agent Kershaw. You bring back on a one-year deal. You got Walker Bueller. Um, you got some other guys in that rotation that you can use, but not to the level of what Trevor Bauer was as a Cincinnati right. Red and even a Dodger before he developed all yeah. those legal problems. So right. I don't think they, great. yeah, I don't think they necessarily cut Trevor Bauer yet. And when it comes to the White Sox, I don't think they're too, that would be uncharacteristic of them because they're not usually the ones that jump at the big fish. They jump at the fish that's underrated, the fish that doesn't really cost as much. I mean, a couple years ago, Yasmani Grandal was the most expensive contract that they ever signed. So, and Yasmani Grandal is a good catcher, but he's not a superstar. So, yeah. You know what? We we still talk about, Bobby, I don't know if you remember over the summer, I got into a beef on Instagram with Yasmani Grandal. (laughs) And I went to that game that night and screamed his batting average as loud as I could. And I know he heard it. At 154. We were screaming 154 at the top of our lungs. But, Bobby, you know, you mentioned that. Like, Yasmani Grandal is their highest contract before uh, Dallas Keiko, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah. I, I think Dallas, I think Dallas uh, broke Dallas beat it by a little bit. But yeah, it, yeah. it comes down to it, you know, you look at Dallas, didn't even make the taxi squad, didn't even make any type of rotation with, with uh, Tony La Russa to make the playoffs, even against his former team that he knows very well. And you can make the same argument that they know him very well, um, but it came down to it that this guy's a waste of money, you know. So, so you're looking at it right now. You got to do something. You have all this money in the world. You're looking at how the Bulls are performing, and that's a, we can talk about that another day. Um, but, you know, they spent money, and it's showing. And it's it's amazing thing when you spend money. I think it's the craziest thing that the Ryan's Dwarfs have yet to understand so far of being owners of a of any franchise is spending money will get you there. Obviously, you can you can lowball guys like Scottie Pippen and, and and Tim Anderson and so on and so forth. That's a conversation for a different day. But it comes down to it to where you know Chris Bryant, someone they desperately need in my opinion right now because he fills that gap until Cespedes gets up. Because I'm big on Cespedes. I don't know how you feel about him, but the kid. The kid's an animal. Luis Robert, yeah. Jimenez, and Cespedes are going to do amazing things. But you got you can put Chris at second, short, first, third, 
center, left, right, anywhere about catcher, Chris will try it. And I wouldn't put catching behind him because the way we utilized him as a Swiss Army knife in 2021, even 2020, was amazing. Um, right now, to me, I, I think that's definitely a contract that I would be willing to have if I'm the White Sox, is bringing in a Chris Bryant because you can plug him in at second. You can plug him in and right field if you wanted to. I, I like the Nick Castellanos rumors. I think they're a little – unrealistic for the money that he's looking for at this age, especially because of what he's done in his past, hasn't been much prior to coming to Chicago and then going to Cincinnati. But for you, Chris Bryant, you know, we've, we've talked about Seattle. We've talked about Philly. We've talked about New York. How likely do you think he comes to Chicago, but to the South side? I don't think it's very likely. Um, the move that I would applaud, though, that the White Sox would make is to go and get Michael Conforto to play right because he's right. left-handed, he's got a glove, he can hit for a, a pretty decent average. Um, and the fact that he's left-handed is a plus because you have quite a bit of people in that lineup who hit right-handed. You got Eloy, you got Robert, you got Abreu, um, and then you got the switch hitters in Grandal and Moncada. But just to have a pure lefty in right field for the White Sox, I think Conforto would be the way to go. Nothing against Bryant, but no, without pretty much got too many right-handers in that lineup. Right. And, and you look at that, though. Yeah. You look at their farm system. Their farm system, it's still deep. It's still deep. I love it. You know, Jared Kelly is one of those guys you kind of brought up as well, um, you know, with, with them having that trust of the pitching prospects coming up. Jared Kelly is someone I'm really excited to see come up. Um, it, it, it's something to me to where I think, you know, in a couple years, they might need they might not need to bring anybody in when it comes to that, you know, you're looking at Crimble right now. Me and you were laughing about it earlier. Tony LaRusso said he's probably <laughs> going to be there on opening day. That, uh, yeah, okay. I guess that's, okay, Tony, if you say so. But if they get a good enough deal, I think they're going <laughs> to jump on it. Um, especially after bringing in Joe Kelly, I don't see really, I, I just don't see, like, where is this coming from? But I look at it like that. That's how I see it. I think, okay, you're bringing in all these yeah. relievers because you don't trust your starters. And that's the reality of the situation. So for you, if these are all the moves they make, and let's say, okay, maybe they bring in Comforto. Then nothing big, though. No Castellanos, you know, no Chris Kershaw, no Trevor Bauer, no Chris Bryant, nothing like that. If they run this back with this exact team, everybody's healthy. Maybe Cespedes makes the roster. Maybe he, I doubt he does now without spring training. But, um, you know, wh what are your expectations realistically for the south side? Uh, they're still division champions. I mean, there's no one that's really going to unseat them right now in the Central. I mean, Detroit is making some rumblings. They've got a nice young core that they right. have where they at, and then Portland. they added, yeah, then they are they added Javier Baez, Eduardo Rodriguez to the staff, bringing a little more cred credibility to that staff. Um, mm -hmm. Sox pretty much have a wide open net to win the Central every year. So I'm surprised that they haven't made moves that are pushing the needle, that are saying, hey, we're going all in for this year. Um, the Kimbrell move was probably what they felt was going all in, but you already had a closer in Liam Hendricks, who was pretty much a stud. And then you bring in a, another closer who was pretty much just close for all his career in Craig Kimbrell. Right and you move him to the setup role, mess with his psyche, because a lot of times when it when closers are taken out of the closer job and put back into it or put in the eighth inning, they're not the same. It's all about the mind when it comes to a closer. You got to keep them in right headspace, right? It's it's like baking a, a cake. You got to have the right temperature, the right circumstances to, for that cake to come out properly. Right. And with Kimbrel, it just, they misused him. They, they got that piece of the puzzle, 
but they misused that piece of the puzzle. They stuck right. it into a place that didn't. And, fit. and you look at you look at Liam. Liam was so yeah. comfortable being a, a, a reliever, just a straight up reliever. He didn't care about closing. Yeah. He did it. Yeah, fairly Le- well. Liam. Yeah, Liam is more so of that uh, swing guy you put in the seventh and eighth. He was a former starter, um, played with the Blue Jays, uh, obviously Oakland. Uh, he was a failed starter, so Oakland uh, implemented him into their bullpen after Sean Doolittle left, and those guys came off of Oakland. Uh, they moved to Liam Hendricks as the closer, and they never really looked back. But he's a guy that has done those specific jobs. Craig Kimbrell's been a career closer pretty much all his career. Right. So it's kind of like putting the carriage before the horse right. when it and comes it, to uh, his usage, not right. doing it right. For you, you know, when you when you think about it, I, I kind of compare it to Pedro Strope and how we utilize Pedro Strope. I felt like there were times where Pedro felt very comfortable in what the role his was, um, what in the role he had. I don't know what brain fart I just had, but um, <laughs> it, it comes down to it though, to where Pedro once kind of had to move around a little bit. Obviously, Hector Rendon, uh, Rodon went away. Obviously, Rodas Chapman was gone. And then Pedro was kind of like the last guy standing, and he wasn't comfortable with that. And I feel like it's the same conversation of you saying, you know, it, it's just like baking a cake. There's too many chefs in the kitchen. It, it's too much for some guys. And I feel like Kimbrel didn't have that kind of feeling of I'm the man here. I felt like – and remember remember when he first got there, he shows up with a Cubs bag. He was still attached. <laughs> he was upset. He didn't want to go there. We, we were living at the time. Um, you know, we're really looking at it, though, and, and I'm going to take it back to the north side, Bobby, because we don't like talking about trash too long on this podcast. Because, <laughs> you know, it, it just stinks, and, and we don't want it to stink yeah. in here too long. And, Troy, I saw your comment about me deadlifting 80 pounds. You're right. <laughs> You're right. You, you ain't lying. But um, it, it comes down to it to where with the Cubs right now, Wade Miley, Marcus Stroman, and a couple other great additions. I, I, I think this team, Clint Frazier being that other addition, I don't know why that escaped my mind, but I think this team is a lot closer for the Chicago Cubs right now than a lot of people think. I think one of the biggest things for us right now um, is not counting on Bryce Ball, the, 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 the first baseman we got in the Jock Peterson trade to be the franchise first baseman. I still think we need to find a franchise first baseman. As much, and you know I feel about this, Bobby, as much as I love Anthony Rizzo and I hope we bring him back, I don't that that's not the reality of the situation is he's not going to be that. We need to find that kind of Andrew Vaughn, Jose Abreu situation where okay, here's this guy, we know he's the future, but Jose Abreu is going to kick off until he can anymore. For you, how close is this team in reality if all goes well? This is saying Pico Armstrong, Brennan Davis, they're all ready to go. What is to you the timeline of the Chicago Cubs? Um, well, I put it I kind of do comparisons to the last teardown and rebuild that they right. had. Um, obviously, they're not the 2012 Chicago Cubs where it was just bare boned and scraped all, to the bottom. Because, all. yeah, yeah, there's talent on this team, but I, I wouldn't necessarily agree that they would be better than people thought. There's still going to be a 75 win team at the best because you're still having a bunch of guys that you brought in the Nick Madrigals, the Pete Crow Armstrongs from the bias trade, the Alexander Canarios from the Bryant trade. All these pieces are still either in the minors right. getting their first cups of coffee in the majors. Like 19, so years old. there's yeah. Yeah. There's, there's pieces here. There's much, there's much more pieces here than the last rebuild start, but it's all about getting those puzzle pieces together. And that's going to take some time because you got, like I said, all these pieces, but um, 
they've brought in some pretty solid guys that you think would be here on the other end of this. The Marcus Strowman's, um, Wade Miley is a nice developed uh, pitcher that can, a lot of the young guys can lean on to learn the daily grind. He's a left-hander, uh, had a pretty solid year last year with the Reds, which surprised me when they claimed him on waivers that the yeah, Reds just very. let him go, didn't trade him for nothing. Um, so that was a solid sign. Um, but yeah, the Cubs, the Cubs have some interesting pieces here. They're not ready yet. I would say maybe another two years right. we start to see some signs, but they're not that far off compared to the last time they went through a rebuild. And like you said, with the Bryce balls of the world, those are just lottery tickets. I don't think anyone's saying he's the next coming of Anthony Rizzo or anything like that. A lot of these. Yeah. A lot, a lot of these trades, especially with top prospects, they're lottery tickets. You don't know what you're going to get, but with the top prospects, you have a little bit more, more there to work with. So the more that you can acquire these prospects, the more that you can acquire these Dominican signees like the Christian Hernandez's of the world, the more chances you have at the plate to hit a home run with these guys. Right. And, and I feel know, like they're I feel like they're definitely on the right path to something. Yeah. And, and I we me and you talked about that. That's why you know we were in the chat crosstown. We love it there, but <laughs> it, it comes down to it to where that's that's why I didn't want Carlos Correa. It's exactly why. And I understand, you know, you're not going to hit on every guy. And these guys probably aren't going to amount to being Carlos Correa. Um, But when you look at these guys in the minors right now at the shortstop, just infield positions alone, you know, Bryce Ball being the clear favorite because he's literally one of the only first basemen worth talking about in the minors right now. Literally, I there's not five other guys playing first base for the Cubs uh, minor leagues right now, which is insane to me. But um, it, it comes down to it to where, you know, you have the Christian Hernandez. You have Ed Howard, a Chicago native who I've seen play in person. The kid's an animal. I, I won't forget that he wanted to play for the White Sox, but I'll let it slide now that he's here. But you also have Nico Horner, Nick Madrigal, and a bunch of other guys. I just felt like it, it we're not in a position to spend $300 million. We're not in a position to be able to sit here and say that, you know, we're going to have these conversations and, and we're going to sit here and, push this a little bit further than we should to me what we have to do at the end of the day um you know we have to have this happen and we think we did i think we did lose bobby for a very quick second um maybe yeah we we definitely lost bobby and that that's okay um but it, it comes down to it to where um you know we're just looking at it from that perspective and i really like this team i'm really excited about it i'm messaging bobby right now um, we're going to see if we can get him back really quick so we can end this episode. Obviously, we I think we got Bobby back. We'll see what happens. We did not get Bobby back. That's okay. That's okay. But ladies and gentlemen, in all reality, you know, we're, we're having this conversation. Um, the Cubs are in a situation to me right now where we are far off. And, and that's that's the reality. We're far off and we're not going to get there anytime soon. And there's no need to get there anytime soon. You can let them do what they want to do. Um, we can let them have this conversation of, oh, the Cardinals are going to run the NL Central, the Brewers are going to run the NL Central, and that's perfectly fine with me. I have no problem with that. I think we do have Bobby back really quick. He's loading in. Um, but I'm really excited about this team and, and just what we can put together. I think one of the biggest things for this team right now, Bobby, welcome back, my brother. Um, but we're looking at it right now to where – 
with the Cubs, with this situation, you have guys like Brennan Davis, who, you know, obviously we've had on the show, we've had conversations with him. You know, we have Pete Crow Armstrong. We have the Ed Howards of the world, the Christian Hernandez's of the world, the Miguel Amayas of the world, who hopefully we can see sometime very soon. Um, and I'm very excited about that. I think this team is going to be very good. I think they're going to be good for years to come. Um, and, and I just don't think we need to rush it. So getting someone like a Carlos Correa, bringing back a Chris Bryant on a $300-plus million deal, even a $250 million deal, it just isn't in the house of cards for me right now. Um, I'm not really looking forward to it from that level. Bobby, we're happy to have you back. It's all good, brother. It happens to me all the time. Um, but it comes down to it for me. Like I said, Bobby, I don't know if you heard it. I don't know if you missed it. But, you know, <laughs> Brennan Davis, P. Crow Armstrong, Miguel Amaya just had Tommy John surgery, but I'm still really looking forward to see what we have from him. Um, Braylon Marquez and Cole, Cole Franklin and so many other amazing prospects that we've had on this team, um, which is amazing because I love talking to these guys. They're a great group of guys. You know, I don't know if I ever told you this, but it, it, the funnest part about this team, Brennan Davis, Ryan Jensen, Cole Franklin, and a couple other individuals on the Cubs are actually all roommates. They've been roommates for like the last two years. So I'm really excited. That's the difference between, you know, Rizzo, Bryant, Baez. You know, they had to build that chemistry once they all got there. But these guys, they're in the minors right now. They're producing. You have Christian Hernandez, Ed Howard, and, and um, Miguel Amaya all hanging out all the time in Myrtle Beach. And I'm loving every second of all of that. Um, obviously, Christian only being a kid, you know, what, 18 years of age? Like the kid's... 17, 18, I mean, he's very far off. But if this kid can tap into the potential that we have him in, I don't really realistically see why we need Carlos Correa right now other than selling tickets. And to me, the Rickets don't want to do that, obviously. And as a fan, I don't really care to see that. It, it kind of reminds me, Gino Carlos Stanton on the Miami uh, Mar uh, Mariners. It, it reminds me of that because Mar Marlins, pardon me, um, it reminds me of that for a simple reason, because you needed to trade him because you understood this team was pretty far off. This team was not going to be in a situation to win. Um, and, and that's just how I look at it. And, and you had to do that because you're not going to pay him that money to just have a, a dog shit team. You, you got to do it. So for me, the Cubs are very close. The White Sox were very close. They are a little bit farther off now than they were just a few days ago mm -hmm. after losing Carlos and a couple individuals. Um but we did lose Bobby again. I am very sorry. We do want to say bye to Bobby, and I do want you guys to be able to find Bobby. You can find him on Facebook or anywhere. He posts amazing things about baseball. Um, I love everything Bobby does. He's a fantasy football champion. He does great things. Again, I want to thank Bobby Foster for coming on the show. I want to thank everybody for helping at 1252, always sponsoring everybody. Um, it's an honor to be able to sit here and talk with you guys. I can't wait to see you guys next week. I hope you all have a safe and happy week. Enjoy St. Patrick's Day. Be safe. Be smart. Don't drink and drive. Do all the right things. And remember, just because the, the news stopped talking about it, COVID-19 is still real. I'm not going to tell you to get vaccinated because you can live your own life, but just be safe out there. Don't be stupid. Don't be going out there asking for problems because um, it's definitely going to come find you if you go looking. But with that being said, hopefully the next time I see you guys, the Chicago Bears have made some noise during free agency that kicks off on Tuesday, and Anthony Rizzo will hopefully be returning as a member of the Chicago Cubs. With that being said, thank you guys for listening. This is Mike Hughes from Mike on the Mic. Peace, and have an amazing weekend. Feels amazing. Look at the city, man. They all showed up. They all showed up. Vandersloot gives it up. Parker to tie. You got it.
Finds Rose. Rose trying to get open. Fires away. Bang! It's over! The Bulls win at the buzzer! DeRozan to win it! No! DeMar DeRozan delivers! Anderson hits it in the air to right! 